Welcome to the Set the Edge podcast. I'm your host, Andy, joined here by David for our first positional special of the draft season. Ooh. Buddy, are you, you this is this is like legit analysis that we're doing oh, here. Oh yeah. Like we're this we're pros analysis. now. Analysis. <laughs> yeah, right. You couldn't see the quotations, but <laughs> oh no, I heard him. I heard him and so everyone else. But um yeah, so we're for the rest of the month, uh, ahead of our finalized mock draft. Um, we're gonna be doing uh, positional breakdowns and rankings and things like that for this draft class. Um, and we we tried to have some semblance of organization to it. So today we've got one offensive position and one defensive position. That's going to be the way that it is for the rest of the month. Uh, until we run out of one today, we've got, uh, uh, wide receivers and corners, which I think you could argue that these are two of the, that these are the two deepest positions in the, in the entire class. Two of, I mean, I, I think the top four is pretty solidified with, Corners, receivers, tackles, and QBs. Quarterbacks. This is the, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's um, not regardless. all have five potentially franchise quarterbacks in one class. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, but uh, today we've got, uh, we, we were just going to do a simple, uh, pretty easily structured, you know, top five rankings at, at the position, uh, some honorable mentions, names that we thought were important to throw in there. And then uh, uh, we, we're also going to, Talk about some uh, general consensus takes that we agree with or don't. So uh, without further ado, buddy, let's let's jump right into it. Um, into wide receivers, and I think this is the easiest uh, of them all. Our top five are, I mean. Well, I mean, no, I just mean like in terms of like there is nobody really out there with any sense in their head that's saying that Jamar Chase is not the wide receiver one. Spoiler alert, our, our top five lists are exceedingly similar. Um and just Jamar Chase is the best of it. Um, 6'1", uh, 200, he's only 21 years old. Um, and he had his breakout season uh, when he was 19 as a true sophomore, opted out this past year uh, at LSU. Um, he's part of why Joe Burrow's LSU Tigers were so dominant in that offense. He's a big um, part of it. <laughs> yeah, he was huge. Um, I mean, <laughs> I don't like. I don't know what else to say. He uh, was to Joe Burrow what Devontae Smith was to Matt Jones. Absolutely. Like, and here's the thing is that at 19 years old, he was playing with big boy strength. Like he is, he has broken tackles all over his tape. Um, he's physical at the line of scrimmage. He, he's good in contested catch situations. And he's like, he's still decently fast with all of this at 6'1", 200. Like this is like, if you could build a wide receiver in a lab, this is about what you do. Like he's just incredible. Um it's hard to find weaknesses like weaknesses at this point in, in his game feel like nitpicking. Yeah. I mean, th- th- there's some things you can point out. He, he occasionally takes plays off. He might be slow off of a release. He has a couple of plays where the release takes a good two to three seconds for him to move more than two yards. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they're few and far between. So it's like you said, it's nitpicking, but yeah. I mean, like is, is his route running like elite? No. Um, but it, it, it's not his, his release is is very good when it's on his release is inconsistent yes. but when it's on it's very very good um that that starter step move is just it's unmatched. it's <laughs> filthy um but he but also I, had he also did have again joe burrow in in his dominant breakout season yes. so his his play benefited from mm-hmm. that um but you know like all around i i think that if you had to pick one receiver to be you know still like playing into high level out of this class in 10 years time, I would pick Jamar Chase and I would not think twice about it. Um, 
But speaking of releases, as we were just on a second ago, my wide receiver two. And this is where three. this is your three. My two is Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, who I think is simply sensational. I I think he's gonna have the best rookie season, obviously pending landing spot out of this entire class. Um, don't exactly know his height or his weight because every single time they've been measured, it seems to be different. But it seems like he weighed in at about six foot one ninety. Uh, at yeah. his pro day, um, he, he was listed at six two two ten, and then came out and said, "Yeah, no, I've never actually been over two hundred in my life." So, yeah, yeah, have fun with that. <laughs> so it, it's wild, but I mean, he, he plays like a like a grown ass man. Um, yes. He is physical. He so even it was surprising to learn that he was never over two hundred because he plays with that physical. I'm gonna get in your face and beat you up. Um, Which is sometimes more important than actually – sometimes playing like you're 200 to 10 is more important than actually being 200 to 210. Yeah, and obviously in an NFL weight room, he can easily put on, you know, oh, put on yeah. pounds and things like that. Like, I'm not worried about that at all. Um, you know, he's – his again, his release is the best in the class. It's it, – like, it is utterly filthy. It is a Devontae Adams-esque release. And it's, it's just – he dusts corners that are in his face – within two yards and it's it's just disgusting to watch um he's 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 also a yak a yak monster um like after the catch good luck bringing this dude down his lower body power is ridiculous um when talk about ins- yak monsters how about <laughs> i mean I I, like, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up i'll wrap up bateman um but uh yeah like he's an inside outside player as is your your two my three um a good contested catch player. Like I, I, I think that he has the highest floor, honestly, in, in the entire class. Um, the knocks on him is, is that he's not a great athlete. He's kind of, he's a little slow. He, he plays a little slow. His um, hands to do some. And, and his hands, that's the other thing. Yeah. So, but those are, so he wins despite his lack of athleticism and his hands can be improved. So I'm not yeah. worried about him in that regard. But then my, then we've got my number two, who the aforementioned Devonte Smith, um, no one really knows his measurement because he doesn't really want to weigh in at any point or run anything. He said he was 170 was the last measurement we got. But, you know, who knows what that's actually going to be. Um, but, yeah, he is – to me, he might have the highest ceiling in the class if he's able to stay healthy. Healthy, yeah. That and, frame and- is a legitimate concern. Um, yeah. I'm not going to knock people for saying it is because it, it is. I mean, if – if you're coming in at 170 pounds, that is a concern. He looks like a twig. Yeah, he's six foot one and he's 170 pounds. I'm that, six foot and I weigh 30 pounds more than this guy. That like, said, if you look at a picture of him and Justin Jefferson last year, Justin Jefferson is actually skinnier. Which is weird. Which I, 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 find I think because well, wasn't Jefferson somewhere in 190 to 200 when he was coming out? Jefferson was like low 190s when he came yeah. out. But he is, to me, he has the best hands in the class. Um, Great hands. His his route running. Oh my god. His route running is fantastic. He led the he led the nation last year in yards um, per. I think he was it root or separate or target um, against press coverage. Yards per route run uh, against press coverage. Yeah, which is which for someone weighing 170 pounds just does just not absurd. like that. That seems like it makes no sense. It's like no, that you're clearly wrong. No, he did it. And it wasn't close. It was by like a full yard too. It was like, it was like 4. almost 4.5 yeah. like 3.7 or something. But you know who was second in that statistic? Was Bateman. Rashad Bateman. <laughs> so Smith but, is great. And and like, just because I put Bateman over him, I don't want it. Like, don't hear what I'm not saying. Smith is fantastic. And he deserved to win the Heisman because, yes. oh, by the way, Smith won the Heisman. 
Um, so uh, the Slim Reaper, I think uh, he will be a, a, a affectionately very known as. Uh, he's very talented. Um, you and I have an unpopular take for our wide receiver four. This is not popular amongst a lot of people. We have uh, another LSU receiver in Terrace Marshall Jr., the thing about Marshall, he's, he's very interesting. He's only 20 years old, uh, about to be 21 uh, in a little bit. Um, he's six foot two, six foot three ish, um, 200 pounds. Um, and a great route runner. He, he's a, oh, it's a, an amazing route runner. He's uh, fantastic at, in terms of the, um, just his, his, his hands are great. His, his yards after the catch. Like he's he's a very very difficult to bring down. I think of him as like a diet version of Rashad Bateman almost. Um, I think he's that great in the red zone too. He might be a better red zone threat than Bateman. I agree with that. I think I, I, Bateman's contested catch is good. I think Marshall's is better. It does um, help to be six foot three, but as opposed to six <laughs> foot, yeah. So you know, I, I think that that's definitely a uh, a factor. But regardless, I you know. Point to one thing that Marshall doesn't do well. Like he he ran a four three eight at his pro day, which uh, was absurd because he does not play that fast. He, did, he again he does not play at four three eight. He plays speed. like the mid high four fours. Yeah, but you know it, it feels that this year feels like all the pro day times are a little bit accelerated. Yeah, there, there's been a few too many linebackers and defensive linemen running the low four fours, high four threes, and it's yeah. it's just a little bit off. Yeah, so I mean, the, the drawbacks on Marshall, um, he doesn't, uh, you know, he, he doesn't sink in his routes very well. I don't think he's nearly as good of a route runner as Bateman is, um, which as a taller guy, that doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah, he's three inches taller, so it's, it's going to be harder to change. It's direction. harder to dip and cut when you're that big because you, you yeah. just have more body frame that you have to get down and move. Yeah, and he's and he's you know he's very young, uh, so he has plenty of room to grow, which I think is good. But he does have like Bateman the, some of those concentration focus drops that I think can be an issue. Um, and as the aforementioned, so what some people are putting as their wide receiver one is our wide receiver five in Jalen Waddle. Yes. Um, I mean, you could just say Tyree Kill and just wrap up the the analysis there. Honestly, yeah. Um, you like nobody would blame you for that. He's he's got injury concerns and things like that, but he's game breaking speed. He's a fantastic deep threat. You know, he's you know five ten or so in the one eighties. Um, he's a little bit older than some of these other prospects. He's 22, uh, almost 22 and a half, it's, uh, I think. And um, But, man, when he's on, good luck. He's electric. He, he is, is electric. He's, he is – He's hard to catch. <laughs> yeah. He really – he's one of the fastest players in the draft. Yeah. So if you ext- if you extrapolated his four games played in 2020 out to a full season, he would have gone for 75 catches, 1,600 yards, and 12 touchdowns. He averaged is- like 44 or 45 yards per touchdown last season. His yards per catch is also ridiculous as well. I mean, 60, almost 1,700 yards on 75 catches. Are you joking? Like, <laughs> the dudes the dudes is, uh, it, to use a oft-used term, a freak, an athletic freak. Uh, and I think that entirely deserving of going in the, in the first round. Um, he's absolutely fantastic. Just hopefully not at 15. Yeah, no thanks. I, I'm good with him <laughs> here, but I wish him the absolute best in going somewhere else. Um, 
want to do some honorable mentions and I, I'll, I'll let you throw your first one out there. I think that there's definitely a good couple you know names. who my first one's going to be because it's someone I've been hyping up for a while and you were low on original or lower on originally, but that is Amon Ross St. Brown out of out USC. Of, yeah. Um, I am a big St. Brown fan. He's my number six receiver in this class um, behind the, uh, the previous five, of course. Mm-hmm. There isn't really anything he does poorly. I mean, the, the biggest knock on him might be that he doesn't always fully extend his arms on catches. He has he has a bit of body catch issue. I mean, he, he's that's that's about it. I mean, he but at the same time though, there's nothing that he does at an elite level. Yeah, he does I mean, everything like, very well. He's smooth on his routes. He's cons- somewhat consistent with his hands. He has really really good dip. The dip in and out of his charts is just fantastic. Yeah, like like I I think that in terms of versatility and things like that, what he can do, what you know, when asked and things like that, you know, he can line up anywhere in the formation and yeah. succeed. So I he think still I, reminds me a lot of Tyler Lockett. I know you don't like that comp. I, I don't, don't like that so comp much. at all. But <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give my first uh, honorable mention, and that is uh, Rondale Moore. Uh, to, now now to make a comp that you hate. Uh, I think that he's, he is a diet version of Steve Smith. Um, he, he, he's five, seven. So he's even shorter than we originally thought. He's a 42 inch vertical, which is absurd. He is an absolutely elite athlete. He's electric after the catch. He had like a four to nine 40 yard dash or something absurd. Um, he's exceedingly strong at 180 pounds. Like his acceleration and agility is unbelievable. And his route running is, is very, very, very good. For the limited um, route selection that he was allowed to run. Yeah, like whenever he got to show it, he was he was great. Um, Purdue, unfortunately, didn't make the most of his talents. Uh, they were very not creative. So I think Purdue you know, decided lot... we're just not going to use you deep. He had 17 targets past 20 yards in his entire career at Purdue. Jeez. Like, so – that's just I, wrong. So here's the thing is that I think Rondale, like he needs to go to a team that's very creative with its offense and actually like knows how to utilize their players' talents properly or can at I, all. Can I say a scary fit for him in the second? Uh, well, because I'm not even – I don't think he makes it to the second because <laughs> I think that the Saints are salivating at the concept of ending up with Rondale Moore, and I think that he's a fantastic fit. He even gets to keep the same color scheme as he had in college. I mean, yes, but also imagine him in the Niners' offense with Shanahan. No thanks. I don't think <laughs> I don't want to think about that at all. Um, uh, that'd, be, that'd be deadly. Um, and then I'll uh, I'll do my second honorable mention and kick it back over to you. Uh, I have the other Moore in this class. I have Elijah Moore. Really? Um, I do because I think I think he's like deserving to be towards that top of the conversation uh, of receivers. Obviously, the talent ahead of him deserves to be there. But Moore is a speedster, and Elijah Moore is a, a speedster in his own right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He ran like a four three five. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he in Lane Kiffin's offense last year, he had in eight games, he had nearly 1,200 yards. He had 1,193 yards. Like, he's incredibly productive. Like, he can, he can run, run any – I was going to say, he can run any route, put him in a slot, he's going to beat anybody. He's exceedingly tough. Like, I mean, he's short, sure, but, like, he, he's 5'9", 185. But, like, oh, man. This dude's this dude can be scary, and like if it weren't for you know he's a borderline first second round pick. I I think that he's going to be a steal if he drops the second. Um, you know, 
sure he had some scheme production, but man, he is a, an electric athlete, exceedingly versatile and tough as nails. Th- th- those are, those are traits that you draft for. Yeah. Especially when he's got the production to match. I, I like him. I ha- I have a little bit lower. He's my number 10. Um, Ron Dill's my number seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't like his blocking. I, I, at all. I think he's a terrible blocker. Okay. Um, and I, I don't see him as an outside receiver. I think he's going to be a great slot option. I don't see him as an outside receiver. Um, my other honorable mention is guy I thought you were going to take, but I'm glad you didn't because that's Amari Rogers. Um, he's. Oh, you put uh, you have Amari Rogers that high. Well, I have him as my nine, but I really wanted to mention him, so you know. Oh, we were going to get there. We have we have one more category to hit. But I have a go, different go. guy I want to use in my late round sleeper. Okay. Um. So my Rogers is my nine, nine out of Clemson. Um, I've seen some people with him as this inferior Clemson receiver, which I just don't get. Um, he has a really high floor as a slot receiver. And he's not going to be much of an outside guy, but he is really physical inside. He's such and a gadget player and he's sneaky fast. You know who he really, really do well with is – with a Kyle Patriots? Shanahan offense, actually, I would love him on the Patriots. <laughs> but I think a Kyle Shanahan offense, he would would definitely make the most of all of his versatility and things like that. So I, I like Rodgers a lot. He's so stocky too. I think he's what was he five ten two ten. Like he he's just. I built forget. To I'll tell you in just a second. No, he, he is. I have it written down. Uh, five ten two ten. Yep. He he just absorbs content, and it it's great to watch because he will yeah. seek out that. He, in the Julian Edelman sense of just seeking out the contact and the hit and just bouncing right off. And it's just great. It's awesome. Um, so to, the to aforementioned do, guy I wanted to use as my sleeper since that's the next thing we're going into. Well, um, uh, well, actually it's, we've got, it's not just sleepers. It's kind of later round guys, guys that aren't really expected to go in the first, um, you know, maybe round two or later that are, uh, you know, one, one that you think is overrated and one you think is underrated. Um, uh, I'll kick it off with under with underrated since that's the direction you want to go. Uh, and that's Tyland Wallace out of Oklahoma state. Um, insane production. I like in nine games in 2020, he had 922 yards, six touchdowns on 92 targets, 59 catches. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, he's a downfield guy. He's a, He's, six, he's a jump he's, ball, 50-50 ball downfield guy. Six foot, 190. I mean, he he is also he, – he, he's fast as hell. He, he has a great vertical route tree, very explosive. Um, as you said, he's, he's very good in, uh, in contested catching areas. But, I mean, this dude needs a release. That, that, is, that is the one thing I think keeping him down that's stopping him. If he gets a release, oh, man, he's going he, – like, he, he's going to be scary. Like, get this man – scheme him into the slot to get – and take advantage of that speed that's that's terrifying if you fucking get him a release oh no oh boy uh so i think that he has a very very high ceiling oh i'll go with my i'm, I'm going back to like the sixth round or so for my guy um, you're, you're digging deep because i have you know anyone that watches a lot of players on tape has what you call their guys yeah. so i've i've already mentioned two of my receiver guys, and that's Rodgers and St. Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my others that I found at the Senior Bowl, and that's going to be a couple of our corner prospects too, um, is Des Fitzpatrick out of Louisville. He is six foot two, 210, and just he might have the best slant route in the class. Um, okay. Over Dante Smith, over Bateman, over whoever you want to put. His head fake 
in and out of us out of his cuts is just unmatched. An advantage uh, also to play in a stool like Louisville, who decides to run the ball seventy five percent of the time or so, is you develop an extremely good ability as a run blocker. And that is something that I personally value a lot because, you know, as a page, as a team, a fan of a team like the Patriots, you've learned to value those little things like run blocking. Yeah. And he is great at it. He's got really good size and frame. He's can line up anywhere, slot outside, extremely strong hands. His release is a bit inconsistent and he wasn't used on a lot of different routes at Louisville. So I don't know if it's, necessarily that he just can't do it or you know like we've mentioned before with more purdue just wasn't used a lot so but i i like him a lot i i think he's gonna be a great day three pick yeah i i I don't have a ton of uh insight on him i think that um i just really wanted to hit uh one player we think is overrated someone we think is being a little overvalued or or overhyped and uh you're not gonna like this but uh I got you, dude. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown here because Boy. He, do, he does not have a ton. I, like, like I, I'm not moving him down super far, but like I think that he is much more deserving of a back of the second take than than the first or the top of the second. Like I, I need to move him down a good bit um, from where the consensus seems to be, or especially from where you have him. Like, Mind you, literally 20 minutes ago, Andy told me he had St. Brown as his number six. I told you that you – And that then I, we did nothing since then except talk and not look at anyone else, and now he's lower. I told you that I once had him at my six, to be clear. Um, my opinion shifted, to say the least. Um, so St. Brown doesn't have like, – like, there's no one thing that he has that he does well, and it's just like an I win button, which – is inherently valuable, yes, but that's not what you're drafting in the first or the top of the second. You want someone that has some sort of trump card. You know, at 5'11", 197, he's not like a physical freak or anything like that. He's not so fast that he's going to blow you away. He's not so route savvy that he's just going to dust you. I, He's not super strong. He doesn't beat press coverage super, super well and you know, that's largely due to lack of experience. Okay. It's still a concern. And, you know, he's not a burner. It's not like he's going to, you know, he doesn't win downfield a ton. So there's just a lot of concerns that I have about him. So like, is he good? Sure. Is he deserving of a late second, early third? Absolutely. Um, But I think that he is a much, he's a complimentary receiver. So he needs to be someone that's stepping in behind an already established receiver uh, Mm. before instead of being drafted to be the number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> All right. Who do you who do you got that's overrated to round um, up wide receivers? Oh there's some I don't know if overrated is the right word for him. Okay. Um, because I I think he's he's worth where he's gonna go. I just think the media hype for him is is a tad bit high due to just a lot of inconsistency in his tape, a lot of bad tape that goes with the oh, I know really good tape. I um, because he, it, it's someone that, when I was watching them, has two of the worst tapes that I've seen yet against A&M in Georgia. And that is Kadarius Tony out of Florida. Yeah. Um, he has all the upside in the world. I have comped him to Dante Hall, and I love that. He is insanely fast. His routes when he's running a good route is just absurd. 
He has spin moves that he will do mid-route to break away. And then he just decides, oh, I'm open. Let me run at the two corners sitting on the other side of the field in zone coverage and just cover myself up for absolutely no reason. He runs into corners and referees, not just around them, straight up runs into them on drag routes and crossers. And it's, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know what this dude is doing. <laughs> so it's, he's weird. He is the upside to be a top five receiver, but he, he needs to work on that consistency. He does. Absolutely. I, I, I think that his physical profile, like his, his you know, highlight reels, like he is. The highlight reel is unreal. It's incredible like ceiling, but his low light reel is really, really bad too. Yeah. Low light reel is just stupid. <laughs> so, um, that's going to do it for the receivers. You should jump it on over to the corners and trying to be fast like them too. Uh, I'm going to kick things off with a slightly controversial take that I've got. Um, at you use the fast line on receivers. Corner class is not fast. Uh, <laughs> corners are supposed to be fast, so they'll have to get faster. Uh, but my uh, corner one, I almost said receiver one. My corner <laughs> one in this class uh, deviates from the norm. Um I think that in terms of ceiling, he's easily got the highest uh, at this position in the class. Um, six foot one, 205 pounds, and yet still has all of the speed and agility that he needs to play corner at a dominant level. Um, and he's only 20 years old. Is, is uh, JC Horn. He's um, like a 9.9 on the RAS scale too. He's absurd. He, his, his athletic profile is something like you, 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 if you created a corner in a lab, you'd make JC Horn. He's physical. He's, he's athletic. He's a man corner through and through, he, and he's a ball hawk that doesn't get beat. Like his biggest weakness is probably yeah. tackling technique, which is like, are you kidding? Like if that's what your worst thing about you as a, as a corner is, as long as it's yeah. not atrocious, which it's not for him, it's just physically and instinctive rather than being patient and having technique. Like that's the only thing he really needs to work on. And that so, is very teachable for someone. Oh, easily. Um, so it's actually why, despite not liking it at the time, if, uh, when I mocked him here, uh, if Horn comes to the Patriots at 15, <laughs> I would not how the draft, that I would not hate that at all because Belichick is better than almost any other coach at teaching tackling. Yes. So. Assuming certain players are off the board. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I struggled with this because Sertain has such an insanely high floor. Um, Agreed. He's everything you want. He's a true shutdown corner. He doesn't have great ball skills. But that, that's a hallmark trade of Alabama corners. Um, but you can sit him on an island and just say, okay, shadow this guy the whole game and not have to worry about it. He occasionally will get beat by smaller, quicker receivers. Again, a hallmark of the physical outside corner, which you'll hear us mention physical aggressive about 500 times in this corner class because it's this what entire the entire class is. Class is this is one of the most physical and aggressive corner classes I've ever seen. It's kind of ridiculous, honestly. Watching it. But just everyone is physical, man, press, aggressive guys, and it's it's fun to watch. But yeah, Sertain, is, he's a blanket. I think there were maybe two plays last year where he really got beat bad by Palmer and Grimes. Yeah. That's about it. He, he has everything you want. If you can teach him ball skills and that's not even needed. I mean, you look at guys like Patrick Peterson who are shut down corners and don't have great ball skills. Yeah. It's not needed because if you're not being targeted and he doesn't get, he goes full game stretches, multi-game stretches where he's just not thrown at. 
because he's that good. Yeah, he, he's a dominant shutdown. It corner. doesn't matter who's against him; they just don't throw at him. Yeah, so he, he's a big guy as well, six two. I think over two hundred pounds. Very physical, excellent yeah. press. I mean, if he it, like if he was you know faster and had a higher play speed, he would be a top five pick in this class with this loaded quarterback class. So, like he he is very very good. Like from a technical standpoint. Uh, like a physical profile and things like that. The only thing he's missing is some athleticism and speed. And even without having super high end va- uh, levels of speed or anything like that, he's so, so talented and yeah. so, so shut down. Um, There's a one, a one B in this. Class. Yeah. You, like you could, you could have either like most people have certain CB one. And I totally like get that. And I'm not going to, you know, d- pick a fight with him or anything like that over it. Yeah. Um, CB three. And he's only, uh, he would probably really almost certainly be the CB two. Or maybe even the the he was the in the CB one conversation like strongly in the conversation and the CB one on a lot of bots and then he had a mastectomy or something, uh, a, a, like a slipped disc in his back or something like yeah. that that really, uh, really just tanked his draft stock. Um, and that's Caleb Farley, um, yeah. out of Virginia Tech, also a big guy, six foot two two oh seven, um. But probably one of the least aggressive corners in terms of the top eight or ten corners. Probably one of the least aggressive in terms of physicality. Sure, he's yeah. still a ball hawk, um, he's a, and, he's and also has that one of the best in zone too. If you're looking for a zone corner, yeah, like he he's very versatile, very well built for um for for the pro game. He's you know plenty big to handle bigger receivers, things like that. He has six picks in two seasons, so he, again, he's very good in, in in tracking the ball and playing the ball. Uh, the one thing that slid him down is injuries. Uh, and so yeah. like he's got top end speed. He's got, you know, he, he uses his size to his advantage and boxes receivers to the sideline. Like he has good enough technique. It's not certain levels, obviously, but it's at least as instinctive and, and uh, effective as horn. Um, and the one thing that like, if he didn't have these injuries, he would be getting talked about right in the middle of the first round. Yeah, um, he was getting mocked to Cowboys and Broncos before before yeah. the Mister Oh yeah, the, whatever the hell it was, whatever it's called, the surgery on his back. Um, yeah, I mean, a couple knocks besides his injury history in terms of how his actual game is. I mean, he he doesn't play a ton of press man, so he'll need to practice that and work on his technique for that in the NFL. Even though he's got the traits for it, he just needs the actual work. Um, and his transitions aren't great when he does play again technique and, and practice and whatnot um he does not track receivers is the one thing he is not like a certain where you can just say i don't care where this guy goes if he goes to the bathroom wait for him like he yeah. farley doesn't do that he's very static that's a certain and horn thing <laughs> yeah so farley's good and i think that um if he comes back healthy and things like that i think a team getting him in the 20s is going to be getting him insane value Jets at 23 are in prime position for that. And Titans at 22. That. Titans at 22 are another big team that's uh that's I've seen mocked uh, him mocked to a lot. Yeah. So um moving on to my CB4, uh, I've got a Sante Samuel Jr. I do um, too. Speaking like like he's got all of the speaking technique. of physical and aggressive <laughs> and and and, to, and just technically savvy, like he is so so like he's never out of position. I like I have not seen a single play on on his tape where he is out of position, getting dusted or anything like that. So he's not he, he's he's a smaller corner. He's 5'10", 180, So he's you know not he's not big. 
he, he makes up for that. Play he doesn't like he's 5'10", 180. He, just, he plays bigger than that, and he is uh, – like his change of direction ability is something special. Um, good contact balance. Uh, very instinctive. I mean, he's you know the son of Asante Samuel, so it makes sense that he has a natural feel for the position. Yeah. Asante uh, very, Samuel is a great ball hawk too. Oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, he'll – he's he, – <laughs> He's he, he shuts down even when he doesn't get the the interception. He he forces incompletions. Yeah. Um, he just I... needs he just needs to be stickier in terms of like physicality. He can't get tossed around by bigger receivers and things like that. He's not, and especially uh, like in the run game as well. Um, but he and he also doesn't have the size profile that allows him to be like he can't play press man in, in the NFL. He's not. He, he's he just, could depending on the corner. He's not going to play press man on a Julio, but you could put him in press man on a. I mean, hell, he won't play. He won't succeed in press man on Cooper Cup. Let's be honest. I, I could see that. I, that would actually be a really fun matchup. On that would be hilarious to watch. <laughs> like, 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 just very entertaining. Um, um, but... No, I, I was going to say one, one of my favorite things about Asante Samuel. That I was because I was I was watching Diami Brown last night um, from UNC. Like, like I mentioned to you earlier, and he would have there would be plays where it would be like a a long run play and it would go out 15, 20 yards. So he's holding the block and. It was Diami Brown against Asante Samuel the whole game, FSU, UNC, and he was just shadowing him. And Asante Samuel would basically let him hold the block, and then out of nowhere, he just – it was almost like he got tired of being blocked, and he'd just say, yeah, no, I'm done being blocked, and literally throw him aside. <laughs> and Diami Brown is someone who's being blocked in the second or third round, which is, I guess, fair. Yeah. But it, it was just casual, like, okay – Get off me! I'm gonna make the tackle now. Like as soon as the play out within like five yards, it was okay. By re- by receiver, by whoever's blocking me, just literally tosses him aside. Yeah, I, I think that. Like Samuel, I say, it's those nuances that stand out. He 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 plays bigger. Um, than 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 he actually is. And to move on from him, I I want to go to a my my CB five is an absolute opposite kind of corner from from Samuel, uh, and that is Eric Stotes. Stokes, excuse me. Um, literally everything that I said about Samuel, <laughs> kind of flip that, and you pretty much got Stokes. Except for the physicality, he still has physicality. Well, he has some <laughs> physicality. Like he plays through the hands very well, but like he wouldn't go to Georgia if he didn't have the physicality. Right. Uh, <laughs> six foot one ninety four, so much you know, a, a substantially bigger guy. Um, his biggest strength is the fact that he has a ton of experience in press coverage. Um, no, 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 no. His biggest strength is that he runs a four-two-five. I'm getting he can there. Run with literally anyone. Yeah, so he is he's exceedingly <laughs> fast, um, but he is not quick. He does not have the change of direction and and the balance that Asante Samuel has. Um, he is a straight line corner. He will never get beat over the top, but he I can only think of the number of dig routes that he will get beat on for 10, 12 yards. Um, I'm just picturing him in a cover <clears> three in a cover three scheme. Because that would be glorious. Put him on the outside in a cover three scheme and just let him play that deep ball. Yeah. Oh, that that is and, a perfect fit. Have a linebacker drop underneath or something like that, a coverage linebacker. That could that could yeah. be fascinating to watch. Which is why you like him to the Bucks so much, is because if you put Levante David underneath of him, that's just gonna be so such a deadly it's so it's such a good fit. <laughs> yeah. It so really even though the butts run a lot of cover two instead of cover three, it, it can still work so well. Yeah. Oh, it's so um, I like it a lot. So, I mean, indeed, a couple other cons with, with Stokes, you know, despite being a bigger guy, he does not play nearly as physical as Samuel. Um, he, he, you know, he doesn't jam super well at the line uh, when he does play press. 
Um, and he, when he's sticking with the receiver, he kind of relies on a lot of contact in order to, to know where they are, not overrun them, not get outrun, things like that. So um, I think he's very good, and I think he's borderline first round. Uh, but I, I, I think that there's some more questions with him. Like, I, I would rather have Samuel, and, and you know what you're getting with Samuel versus the boom or bust kind of play that Stokes can have. And that's, that's just my personal ranking. Like, I get it. If you, if you like the high upside of Stokes and what he can become, I think he definitely has a higher ceiling yeah. than Samuel. But I, I just like what Samuel provides uh, in terms of that. Um, honorable mentions for the position. So this first one you're going to hate. And we discussed him earlier before we started recording. Um, so he's a hero as an honorable mention, not because I don't think he's talented. I think he is probably at least top five at his position except the site that we're consulting uh, lists Javon Holland as a corner. Why did you put him in? Because he's here and I can, and I, uh, I made the rules. So, um, fuck your rules. <laughs> so he did play a lot of slot corner. Um, and he did there's his coverage skills are not an issue. He is exceedingly versatile. Um, he had, you know, eleven pass breakups and nine picks at Oregon. Uh, like the dude's a ball hawk, and then he's some. Very versatile. I like he's, him a lot. I like him a lot. Like he can play just about anywhere in a secondary that you need, um, except maybe strong safety. I don't love him in the box. Um, Literally is a strong safety. He is coming out as a strong safety. What do you mean he's coming out as a strong safety? I thought he was coming out as a free safety. No, he's coming out as a strong safety linebacker hybrid. I see. At 196 pounds, he'll definitely need to bulk up, though. So that, that, that's why I don't love him at, at strong safety. Um, Which, like we've said before, you definitely can do it. It's very, very – It's easy. It's easier to bulk up. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's – I looked at the number, and that's why my instinctive thought was not strong safety. But, of course, it's, you know, malleable. You know, prospects yes. can put on weight in, in NFL weight rooms. Uh, and then the other one is, um, is Greg Newsom. I think that Newsom's a fascinating, fascinating corner. Uh, I just very, very – much worry about his acceleration and his athleticism. Um, he does not close to the ball very well. Um, he kind of utilizes zone to his advantage, which means that he's not a very good man cover. Um, like, yes, his footwork is very good, but it doesn't seem to translate to ma- you know match and mirror technique very much. Um, and he didn't play much competition uh, in 2020. Like he had the Ohio State game, and I believe he left that one early. Um, you know, he's 190 pounds at 6'1". Like, receivers have bullied him around more than once. Um, so his technique's good. He, he's like a poor man's diet version of Sertain with how patient he is uh, and how his technique is good. But he does not have the physicality at all to be remotely close to that conversation. Um, so I think a good second-round pick. Don't think he should belong anywhere near the first round. And for my first round, I'll take a guy who I – fully expected you to um because we, we were talking about no um, no 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 i'm taking him later i know well, he, well he's my honorable mention um you did this last time too well the actually receivers. that sounds like a you problem <laughs> <laughs> um but that is out of ucf aaron robinson um he has yeah. the second longest wingspan in this class and plays like it i was watching him at the senior bowl and senior weekend that's where i first found out it was one of the corners i was talking about and he is, he's physical, he's long, he's lanky, um, he's aggressive. He can't exactly play in zone to save his life. Um, but, you know, you, you send him to a team like the Patriots, the Ravens, um, 
Rams, a team like that that plays a very man-heavy scheme, and he's going to be fantastic. I, I really like his upside. He he has a just, just as he has a lot of. I, I like the long, lanky corners. The long arms help a lot when with tackling, with pass breakups, with just getting in the play. Even if you're slightly out of position, even if you're beat a little bit, it helps with that close. It's a huge boost. Um, so I guess I'll do this in the other order then. I'll I'll jump right into what about my, my other honorable mention? Oh, I, I didn't realize that you, you had. A, that, I didn't realize that. that you had. Well, I, I was hoping you, to jump right into the fact that I have Aaron Robinson. I'll just mention this real quick as my underrated player in this class, um, just on the basis of, with an asterisk, however. So Aaron Robinson absolutely is underrated. Um, I, I agree with all of his positive traits that you mentioned, things like that. A very you know attacking play style, things like that. Um, I love Aaron Robinson as a safety. I think that he should make the switch to safety with his short area burst, with his size, I, I with how physical he is. Devin um, McCourty type? That is exactly who I was thinking of as well, is because the one thing that I think he's missing for a Devin McCourty comp is, is the dominant speed. But outside of that, oh man, I don't see how he's not a, a hybrid safety that can play free or box. Like, like he can play I, I like that. He can play because he can safety. line up on tight ends. He has the size. He, he totally can. I, I, I like his versatility, just like I like Javon Holland's versatility. Um, it just also would have felt weird to have both Aaron Robinson and Javon Holland as hybrid safeties for my honorable mentions in the quarterback <laughs> discussion. So, um, no, I, I like that. I didn't even think about it that but i like that oh i i love aaron robinson making the switch to safety i think like he could come out and play like uh, his rookie season in corner i don't think that there's a yeah, problem with that play, i i don't hate that refine the coverage skills there and then, and then switch him to free safety and let yeah. him just Which is exactly I, what Devin McCourty did. that is exactly what i was thinking um but i'll go with my other honorable mention um and that's someone who i i'm just starting to look into so i haven't Watched a ton of his tape. That's going to be Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky. Ooh. Um, and he's going to be very landing spot dependent. And it is, there's a very good likelihood that he busts um, if he goes to the wrong landing spot because he's very developmental. He is extremely raw, but he is one of the best corner athletes in this class. He's, he's a traits physicality guy. He is. And he's, he's very physical, but he doesn't have great speed or burst. Um, he backpedals too long. He, yeah. He can get beat at times, but then recovers well and makes nice plays on the ball because of the aforementioned um, athleticism. Mm-hmm. And I really think a coach like a Brian Flores, like a Mike Frabel, like one of those type of guys, a Robert Sala, could really develop him into a really, Zimmer. really good corner. As Mike Zimmer. Zimmer could. I just don't think they'll take him. No. Well, if he falls to the third, I could see. Oh, they don't Maybe. have it. They don't have it there. Never mind. Ah, uh, never mind. Um, the master yeah, never was. He, he needs that that good defensive development, which he can definitely get. I'm not denying that. It's just he's one of those guys who's very landing spot. And there's a lot of guys like that. There is in every class. Yeah. But. Yeah, I like that. If you feel free to jump right into your underrated one since I stepped on your toes a little bit. Okay. I My underrated one is the other. Remember when I mentioned there were a couple of corners I f- found at the senior bowl as well? Um, yeah. Aaron Robinson was one. This guy is the other who I absolutely fell in love with. Um, that is Benjamin St. Just out of okay. Minnesota. Uh, he is really, really good. Um, he's going to go in like the fifth or sixth round and probably end up as a steal of the draft from corner position. Okay. 
he face guards a bit too much. Sometimes he has a bit too much of a cushion on um, deep breaks. <laughs> but outside of that, he's extremely physical. I mean, um, fixable mistakes. Yeah, no, not not red flags or anything by any means. But yeah, no, exactly. I mean, if he's gonna go down there and that those are his big issues, yeah. it's like he, he's great at latching onto receivers and just making the play on the ball, whether it's knocking it up, whether it's just not allowing the receiver to make the catch just from body positioning or whatever. He's, <laughs> I like him a lot. <laughs> he's, he's fun to watch. He's 6'3", 200. He's got the reach. He's got the size. He, if he were, if he improves his speed a little bit, I, I don't see who he can't cover. I mean, I would love to see him as just an outside guy. He's not going to move into the slot. He's too big for that. But I don't know, his physicality, his range, his reach. I mean, with that size, he could honestly first. even play. I mean, in, in that level he of coverage ability. Well, that's my point. He could play a joker role with that size in, yeah. in, in a defense. Not just like he could play dimebacker if he puts on, you know, 15, 25 pounds. Which I, I don't love the move of putting on that much weight for him just because he's he already can be a bit slow and that would slow him down even more. Okay. Um, I, I'd rather see him stay locked into that outside role and cover the physical the number twos, the T Higgins, the yeah, um, the, the jump the ball guys, better Nikhil Harry's, the, the Des Bryant's. Yeah, the, those kind of guys, because not he's not going to cover necessarily Julio. I don't think he's going to be that good, but that type of receiver. Yeah, no, he'll he'll stick with with the Des Bryant. I, I think that that's yeah. a great that's or a great Julio was, or Julio level type player with safety coverage over the top. And, yeah, like, where, where he doesn't have to worry about getting beat over the over the top exactly. Right, because he's got um, that help, and he can stay underneath and be that rangy guy. I, I love that. Um, so to wrap up my uh, corner list. Um, this feels mean of me to say, uh, of, because of who I picked that I think is is overrated. But I'm kind of kicking him while he's down. He did not have a good 2020. He was already not great in 2019. This I know is, who you're saying. You know who I'm picking. This is I'm mean, overrated. but I've also justified because honestly, he's overrated if he's coming out as a corner. He needs to to declare as a safety, as a free safety, play in that, live in that slot role. I mean, yeah. he's he is he has no press technique to his game. It, it, it is atrocious. He can't play uh, outside to save his life. He, he's he's slow. He gets beat outside, uh, and like like he's and he's great at tackling. Like he's two hundred and fifty seven yards against Indiana. Oh my god! I, I hope I, I really hope you're thinking of the same guy now since you throw out <laughs> numbers like this. Um, well, if not, then like it's he, be my he has guy. good ball hawk in, instincts um, and, and and things like that. But Sean Wade out of OSU. Yep. <laughs> oh man, like buddy. This, like there are some points when like you try so hard at some at something you love and you practice so hard at it and then you, you go and compete and you fall flat on your face badly and it's so bad that you're just like like i i want people to not give up and to persevere at things but you need to know when to fold them this is when you fold them this is your best chance to make the safety switch is probably after your rookie season in the nfl I am begging Sean Wade to please play safety in the NFL because he will be good at it. That is he the will. thing. He will be a good safety. Not great. I don't think Sean Wade's cut out to be necessarily great in the NFL, but he will be a good safety. And I really wish that he would do that and stop advertising himself at the corner because I think that that benefits him and it benefits whoever drafts him. So that yeah. I, I, just inherently by coming out as a corner, Sean Wade's overrated. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, it that, feels mean. It probably that's what I was is. Go with you. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> um, for the for the same reasons. I mean, 
to to put a comparison though, and we're both going to be sad about this because, well, of who I'm going to compare his numbers to, but oh, no. his game against Indiana, he did, he allowed 257 yards in as the primary cover. To put that in comparison, Cam Newton had three games this season where he had more passing yards than that. <laughs> that's bad. That's one of the worst. That's one of the worst game tapes you will find of any player in any draft. Oh man, it's like I, I'm just piggybacking on piggybacking on that. Oh yeah, we have the same guy <laughs> for the same reason. It's just like, buddy, pack it he up. He can't like, play outside. He he, he just can't. He can't. And here's the thing: at six one, he he's too big to play. Like he's too tall to play slot corner. Go be a live in the slot. Yeah. Go go be a safety. Like I swear to God, like like especially since he has the vision for it too. Right, like he is so instinctive, and has zero technique, bro. Just go sit to like fifteen yards deep, watch everything unfold, and then go get ten interceptions in, in like your second year in the league. Like I am, that is a a comeback story that I want to see happen, but it's not going to happen at corner. No, it's it's just not. So, um, maybe it's cheating of me to have so many like, hey, this guy's this guy is a corner <laughs> or is listed as a corner or played as a corner, but should be a safety. But I make the rules here, so it's okay. Um, but uh, that's gonna do it for uh, for this episode. We've got, uh, I, I mean, any 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 but any name that you want to just not even go into any analysis. Just tell people to go watch. Like who you, you get to say one name at wide receiver or corner, and you say someone that we oh, haven't mentioned yet. Go yeah, go watch Austin Watkins Jr. Okay, UA, out of UAB. I. Need to go watch him as well because I don't even know. He that runs name. what's called the Jerry Rice route, and he runs it really, really well. The Jerry Rice route? Yeah, it's it's a um, fake outside seam route. Or it's an outside fake seam route, and it's, he runs it really well. He, he's, a, he's a really savvy route runner, but yeah, um, that's about the extent of the analysis I'll go into. Who are you going yeah. with? Uh, I'm go just watch. Just... Uh, go watch Jalen Darden because it's fun. Oh yes, because <laughs> because Jalen Darden. Fun. I am not saying anything about projections. Jalen Darden's just fun to watch. He is fun. Zero analysis. He's just <laughs> fun to watch. But um, so that's gonna do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, tune in. Uh, you know, early next week we're gonna come out with our uh, tight ends and safeties. No, um, no, no. We're doing running backs and linebackers first. Right. I can't we made read. that switch. We I made can't that read. Switch episode we did make that so well I, I pulled it up and i thought about it before i said it and then i forgot to remember um but yes we are doing running backs and linebackers first uh tight ends and safeties will be uh, a week after that so it'll be at the beginning not of next week but the week after um we're just yeah so um yeah so tune in for that i'm very excited to uh to keep deep diving on this class uh and until then uh, i'm andy i'm david and we'll see you guys next time Have a good one.